0: When we moved to San Antonio about a year and a half ago, we bought a fixer-upper. Many of you helped us move our boxes from our moving van just into our garage. Since we were doing so much work on the interior of the home, it didn't make sense to bring everything in. We slept on the floor on air mattresses, we had a few camp chairs in the living room, and we spent every extra moment tearing out years of neglect, and starting fresh. Y'all took care of us so well, you fed us for weeks when our kitchen was, not, was under construction. We had our home, but it was not quite what it would be. Now we have flooring, thanks be to God, and a working kitchen. But in order to get through to there, we had to hold on to the demolition, all the construction, all the hard work. The house we live in today isn't quite finished, but it's beautiful and it's comfortable, and we've worked on every square inch of it. It's the same house where we slept on the floor, the same house where we scrubbed the nicotine off the walls, and if you've ever done that before, you know, just the brown coming down, where we tore out deteriorating cabinets. It's almost unrecognizable, but it's the same address. In our epistle this morning, Paul informs the Christians at Philippi and us that we are already residents of heaven. Look around. Does it look like heaven to you? Maybe sometimes more than others? He encourages us to stop investing our energy, our respect, our desire into the things that do not matter. He warns against a life ruled by these cravings cravings for things that cannot last. Truth be told, our entire culture revolves around things that cannot last. Youth, look at how fast our babies grow up. Beauty, money, toys, health, power, possessions, any of these things can be gone in an instant, and they are. Ask anyone who lives in Kiev, or anywhere in the Ukraine. Ask someone who has just gotten a terminal diagnosis. Ask the bereaved. Ask the incarcerated. And yet, the things that cannot last dance before us like mirages in the desert, keeping us moving forward, toward the impossible, toward the lie, toward the imaginary. They captivate us and keep us spinning on a constant wheel, going nowhere. The things that cannot last cannot give us peace. They cannot give us purpose. As a pastor and a chaplain, I have been honored to accompany many people at the time of their death. None of them regret loving people. None of them regret taking time off to spend with those that they love the most. None of them regret being generous or forgiving anyone. The only regret that I've ever heard was the regrets for working too much or not reaching out to someone that they were ostracized from spending all of their energy trying to get the things that cannot last. None of them could go back and change them as they sat there dying. We cannot go back in time. We cannot go back. But the beautiful promise of our God and life in our God is that we reside in heaven now. And the God of the resurrection gives us new hope and new life at every pass. Doesn't look like heaven yet? Well, this old world is quite the fixer-upper, y'all. And we get to work on making it something beautiful. We might have to sleep on air mattresses (laughs) and scrub it and work really hard. But we work with God in God's spirit. We can start by not chasing that mirage anymore, the lie of the world, and instead engaging our time, our energy, and our days into the only thing that lasts forever, God's love. And the incredible byproduct of that is that God has created us to inhabit that love, and so it is the most joyful place we can be. You ask people, what do you think would make you happy? And they have long lists, like we all do, right? Well, it would be really nice if we didn't have to pay a mortgage and maybe if we had a little extra here, and you know, like my daughters would tell you that they want to have unlimited dogs. That <laughs> would make them happy, they say. Mm-hmm. we'll see someday. But all of those things were not what we were created for. What we were created for is to inhabit God's love and live in it every day. And whether we are rich or poor, whether we are, are old or young, inhabiting that brings us joy and purpose. These are the ways that we are meant to live, in justice, in mercy, in hope, in solidarity with hurting, in incredible, miraculous freedom, in grace, working toward transforming this fixer-upper into a reflection of the kingdom of God. Heaven does not start when we die. Heaven is right now embracing what God has made for us. The potential of the kingdom of God is here and now, and we as co-workers in the vineyard, co-heirs with Christ, the priesthood of all believers, the body of Christ, how many different times does God invite us into this, right? So many different ways, so much different language. We are invited to the work. Last week, we had some visitors from another state, as we often do, being downtown, and they worshipped with us, and they were astounded by the beauty of our sanctuary. They asked if they could take pictures. Uh, They enjoyed the architecture and the detail, so they went around and they took some pictures. But the architecture and detail of this place would just be mirages if we did not use this place for the good things of God if it were not for the ways that we use this space to proclaim God's grace in worship like we do now, in our discipleship, with our ministry partners, this would just be another beautiful mirage like any other imaginary promise of fulfillment. But because we are inhabitants of heaven and we make everywhere we go reflect that, including here, this place is a respite. It is a beacon of grace. It is a safe haven for belonging. Times are changing. We can't make them stay the same, even if we wanted to. It just changes all around us, everything, all the time. And so many churches close their doors in this synod, in this country, all over the world. Their beautiful, ornate doors shut. And never open again. It's not just the fault of the culture. We have a role in our communities to be the kind of place that brings heaven here now. And as churches shut down, we have an even greater burden to bear. We have to be even louder with our hope, even louder with our joy, even louder with our mercy and grace. We must be a people of God unified, embracing each other, speaking and thinking the best of one another, lifting each other up, helping one another, working together in solidarity in the good things of God. My prayer is that when you are on your deathbed, I don't hear any regrets, that instead I hear. What a joy it was to live in God's love. What a joy it was to bring hope. What a joy it was to give of what God had blessed me with to help those who are in need. What a joy it has been to be alive and to be a part of the incredible work of God's love. You reside in heaven. It's a bit of a fixer-upper right now, but believe me, it's got great bones and it is the correct address. You belong to God. You belong to the good things of God. Lean into the kingdom and let go of the mirages that could derail you from the path of grace and love. It's your history, it's your reality, it's your destiny.